<laughs> yes, look at that. You know it's going to be a good day when you do like all the pre-show stuff as the intros go in and you get it all done by the two-minute laps. It's good. It's good. <laughs> That's good. That's what it's all about, baby. Uh, but yes, it is Thursday. It is nine. So, of course, UK Cowboys time and welcome to the Yukis. We've seen you all out there. You are, as we always say, the MVPs of the show. But how are we doing, Mr. Scottish 1 and 2? <laughs> you both doing good? Do, yeah, doing good. Buoyed by, buoyed by the recent news that's come out. But um, yeah. we'll, we'll get on to that like in case Graham's watching it. I don't know if he has or not, but I know that that little face, like it's already beaming. So he knows something <laughs> good is happening. He's like, ooh. So I, I suspect... Hold on. Let me look into your eyes, Graham. We might already know. That's the mm. face of a happy, jolly fellow. But yes, uh, we are here this week to talk about this weekend's game. Week five against the San Francisco 49ers. Unbeaten at the moment and first in the NFC West. The game is going to be at 1.15 a.m. UK time, live on Sky Sports. So might be a good or a bad thing. Don't know what deal you're on out there, guys. Um, but yes, it is a battle. This is the battle. Probably the way things are shaping up. This is probably the game of the week uh, in the NFL and the biggest game of the season for the Cowboys. Uh, what is crazy is this game is going to break the tie. The Cowboys currently, against the 49ers, are 19 wins. 19 losses and one tie. Mm. Yeah. And everything. Yeah. And everything when you look at it. In terms of defense, they're a little yin and yang in how they work and a little bit the same on offense. But statistically, everything is fairly balanced. This is one of the most balanced. Uh, and I've been asked to do something on one of the blocks, and I don't know how to write this out because everything is so. Down the line, it is awkward. Uh, it is the tale of two cities, as they say. Uh, so, going to be a crazy one. But we start every show, as we do, and we ask everybody at home, the MVPs, uh, basically, guys, what's your thoughts and feelings on this weekend's game? I'll ask you both here as well. Two, two very, very similar teams, mm. like you're saying. Um, they, they both have a stud pass rusher. Bosa and Micah Parsons. Yeah. They both have a very capable uh, running back. Mm-hmm. Um, quarterbacks who aren't particularly flash, but they get the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both good at corner and they <clears throat> they do well. I wouldn't say they're elite, but they do well at wide receiver. They're both very, very similar teams. Yeah. Go yeah, com- com- completely agree. I mean, this this game is either going to go one way or another. It's going to be a very close 10-7 battle, or it's going to be an absolute light light the torch paper, and you're you know you're thirty five, thirty four, or something like that. You know, uh-huh. um, I know which one the TV people want. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, you don't want yeah. a slog. <laughs> Otherwise, they start talking about Taylor Swift being in the audience. And, oh, and let it go. The girl's allowed to enjoy herself. Just <laughs> calm down. Good grief. 
They will jump yep. on anything, the NFL. If, if there's something that they can spin some type of yarn on, they will do it. I mean, multi-millionaire superstar attends NFL game. Oh, wow, yep. we've not seen that before. Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. move on. Honestly. I, I do like the post you shared, Lorne, where it was the Madden cover and it's Taylor Swift on it. Yes. <laughs> Class. That was the best I, I, I posted that on another group today as well. There was a lot of comments about, oh, there'll be a lot of tush pushes on that. Uh, <laughs> on that. <laughs> um, but I, I know we shouldn't talk too much because we know Graham is a Swifty, so we don't want to take the mic too much. He's a, he's a big time Swifty. He goes to all the concerts. Behind that flag, he takes that down at the end of the day and there's a great big poster of Taylor Swift back there. You guys have been peeking, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, let's get into this, guys. We are here to talk about this weekend's game. Um, so, yeah, it's we start off with the offense every week. So the Cowboys offense versus the, the 49ers defense. Now, what's interesting is uh, I posted a stat earlier, and it is true, right, that the, the San Francisco 49ers produce a lot of pressures, more than the Cowboys, believe it or not, by two. So the Cowboys have 95 total defensive players, where the 49ers have 97. But they have only nine sacks for that, with the Cowboys 14th. Now, what is crazy, when we're talking like the yin-yang here, and it's the same on their side too, is that the... Offensive line for the Cowboys is ranked first in pressure allowed. They allow the least. Question for you guys. Based on the fact as well, are you ready for this, Graham? I don't know if you've seen this news. That all five starting offensive linemen are toted to start this weekend. Which is the first time all starting five offensive linemen have started for the Cowboys <laughs> And the first time, are you ready for this, Graham? That Ty, Tyron Smith and Tyler Smith will be side by side since Tyler Smith has been drafted. <laughs> Who wins the pressure battle this weekend? Who is getting the most? Or who is winning that fight? And we'll ask you at home, guys, as well. Yeah, it's um, it's easy to see why this is a Sunday night game. Uh yeah, it's it's box office. Um two storied franchises who've had their rivalries, particularly in the eighties and early nineties. Um there's 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 gonna be there's gonna be a bit of give and take. I don't think mm-hmm. we'll keep Dak clean for the whole game. It's not gonna happen. But they couldn't put they couldn't put Dak in a better position. With all five starters, um, it's it's they, they to, to put you in the loop, right, Jay? That uh, Gray? Sorry, it's because Jamie just spoke. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I can understand you better than him, right? Now, <laughs> to let you know that today in practice they had all five starters in full practice. I mean, it could, could it come at a better time? Yep. Um, I mean, the Peeking. only the only better. The only better game we could have that the five in for is going to Lincoln Financial. I mean that's that's the only that's the only game yeah. I could think would be more important. Um 
yeah, uh, hopefully they keep Bosa quiet. Um, it's a particularly good defensive line, but none of the names particularly come to mind. Um, is Solomon Thomas one of the others? No, no he's, he's Jets. I think he's, he's in Jets. the Jets now. Um, so the, 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 a lot of the pressure... That. So Nick Bosa is leading the team, but a lot of it comes from the inside. So you've got the two Javons, so Javon Kinlaw, Javon Hargrave, and Eric Armstead. The th- those three guys are creating so much inside pressure. It is unbelievable. I mean, you, you like a stat, Mike. Um, according to ESPN, the defensive leaders, um, the Cowboys are second and 259 yards allowed. Mm-hmm. The 49ers are fifth with 284, so it could not be tighter. Um, The game's won and lost in the trenches, and if the the Cowboys 5 can come up and be the guys that we want them to be, uh, we're in really good shout of a win. But obviously the the 49ers are undefeated, so it couldn't be a a sterner test for them them playing Mm. together. Yeah. Go on, on. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, this, this you, is give me your thoughts. Week. I'm just going to get myself a drink a minute. i got to sort it right. out. Go. All right, you go. Yep, this is definitely a game where we need our five starting offensive linemen out there because um, the, the thought of Chuma Odoga going up against Nick Boza, um, you know, that's scary. And, you know, Boza is like Parsons, that they will move him across the line and what have you. But... Um, you know, they'd certainly that they'd be picking on the weakest link, and um, you know that that's certainly scary. I mean, having said that, you know we've we've gone up against a similar scheme of defense this year in in the Jets. Obviously, Robert Sala used to be the the defensive coordinator for the 49ers as well, and he's taking that defense across. Um, <laughs> So yeah, just it, for, the, it, for the for the for the viewers on YouTube, Mike has just demonstrated the way I start pretty much every show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I arrive like <laughs> with minutes to spare. You did earlier, yeah. It's funny, like because like we can see each other as the intros go in, and all you can see every time when Grain comes in is the intro. Everybody just shaking a head like. <laughs> Every well, I'd, I'd, lit- I'd literally gone into our into our messenger chat to say, going live, Graham, get your arse in here. Yeah. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> yeah, so here's another interesting problem that we have. Is that they have some very good linebackers. The two guys, especially Fred Warner. Fred Warner is just a really top-notch linebacker. And Alabama. Alabama. Ooh. Maybe Almost. not straight away, yeah. but he'll be All, in the conversation. Yeah. I mean, like, so we just talked about the, the inside pressure these guys get, the three defensive tackles, as well as Nick Bosa as well. Yeah, the thing you've got is both of them as well. So you've got Dre Greenlaw as well. The pair of them are good at clogging, finding the right, when to shoot into the right gaps. they just got an instinct for it. Really clever. And because Warner is like this oversized safety, really, when you look at it, he's got just incredible change of direction skills. He can accelerate really well. So if he's 
just slightly off on a gap, he can get into it really quickly. The problem that we've got, which I've looked at, and I don't know what you guys think, is that the 49ers defense, because the linebackers are so good at clogging in the gaps, they're only allowing 66 rush yards per game. That is, I think, second best in the NFL at the moment. Yeah. They're just blocking I, up everything. I mean, I, I think in some respects that's also, you know, indicative of who they've, you know, again, they've gone off against that. And, you know, their offense is on fire, unlike yeah. ours at the moment. So they, they get a lead and then teams are obviously having to go into pass mode to actually catch up and try and surpass them. So it, yeah. it's playing, in, playing into their scheme um, a little bit. Um, but as I was saying while you were getting a drink there, Mike, you know, the fact, yeah. that, we've played, the fact that we've played the Jets defense this, this season, which is yeah. a very similar scheme. Um, you, you'd certainly say the 49ers on paper have probably got the better, um, you know, front seven or in, more than anything. Then the Jets were certainly, with Sauce Gardner, are probably the better um, defensive back-wise. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we've at least seen that this sort of scheme before so and this season. So we know what, you know, and we no matter what you say about our red zone offense at the moment we are matriculating the ball down the field we are getting it into the red zone the fact that you know we're getting into the red zone we've probably got a higher red zone entry percentage of of drives you know that 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 bodes well and you know we've now had four weeks of us all playing the the starting offense all playing together this should bode well that you know pre-season's over if you want to call it that and uh, we're ready to hit the ground running now, and yeah. it's a good week to hit the ground running. Obviously, so and bear in mind as well that the Cowboys' offensive line, especially like between Tyler Biarish and Terrence Steele, are insanely effective on the run. You know, in terms of run blocking, they're really good. Like that's where it's at, and it's no surprise that when you go watch the analytics, the majority of not just the runs, but the successful runs come on the right. Um, you know, th- those pair together, Steele and Martin on the right, really do a phenomenal job. I, I, if you haven't checked it, I do. I say go and look at it. It'll blow your mind. But I think the, uh, the 49ers, yeah, okay, they, they faced the Eagles offensive line, which is really good. Um, but well, I mean, you look in that game, that was a fairly close ish game, you know. Yeah, no, wait, was no, it... they haven't, they haven't faced each other. Not yet. the Eagle, who's the who would who did they face in week one? Sorry, uh, 49ers week one. Hold on, I need to check now. I need to go and oh, check. Steelers. It was that game, Steelers, oh, sorry, Steelers. 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 So it wasn't that game either. What game am I thinking of? Rams. Rams? Rams, it might have been. The the line is okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Don't know why I was thinking Eagles. Confused myself on what I was doing there. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, the Rams. uh, And the the, the offensive line, it's not great. It's okay. But you could see the how it was trying to give them some trouble. But 
they haven't faced the 49ers really a offensive the, the point I was trying to make, not an offensive line like the Dallas Cowboys this season. That's where I was going down. If you have all five stars, which is what they're predicting will happen. Yep. Yeah. For good for God's sakes, put Tyron Smith in bubble wrap tonight after after practice. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just not just put him in bubble wrap permanently? <laughs> So, yeah, um, so the other one I was looking at is the wide receiver situation. And I know we'll talk about the red zone in a moment. Uh, but the wide receiver situation, the defensive backs for the 49ers, they're okay. But a lot of what they're doing is predicate what's happening ahead of them. Um, when you look at it, they rank 16th in passing yards allowed. So they, they are struggling a little bit, uh, where the Cowboys are actually right at the tippy top. Uh, they're doing some of the best work against the pass. I think if you can keep that clean, and I know they've got one guy, Traverius Ward, who used to be with the Cowboys, ironically, yep. uh, back in 2018. He's their best cornerback, but he's not without flaw. He can be beaten. Remember, he's an undrafted free agent, There's play, and that's their number one corner. And, and I find Andy's- that quite interesting. He's bounced around the league as well. I mean, he went off. To, I yeah. think he went off to Kansas City after leaving us. I think he ended up with the Jets for a period, and then I then ended up with the 49ers as well. So, um, obviously, it's the it just, sk- yeah, it's amazing how it just clicks for somebody, and then all of a sudden you're the best talent on a four-no team. Well, yeah. I, I, I mean, give you another example of you know. Finding the the right spot for you, I think Baker Mayfield for the Buccaneers at the moment has has found his his yeah. starting spot, you know, and he's got the Buccaneers at three and one. You know, this was a team that was supposed to be, you know, lamenting the loss of Tom Brady and what have you, but you know, they seem to have retooled if nothing else. So, um, but we'll, we'll we'll get back on the Cowboys Forty Niners. <laughs> Yeah, it's all right. I, I, for some reason, I, I, I'm disappearing off on a, the 49ers versus the Eagles week. But I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking there. I read something earlier, and for some reason, it just popped in my mind. But I know the Eagles are unbeaten, so I don't know what I was doing there. I do apologize. But anyway, let's get back into it. So, yeah, they do have one particularly good safety who has intercepted the ball for them multiple times. Um, he's an interesting player. You need to be careful, but he's really good against the run. Um, so he, I, I don't really know. Halafunga, is that how you pronounce his name? Halafunga, <laughs> uh, um, isn't ha, Yeah, Hafunga. I know he's from, uh, that he's from Hawaii, um, so you don't want to mess with him. And James Conner tries to swing at him. Last week, by the way, after the game, yes, I, I, I saw that. That was that was really quite something. So, uh, and you weird. don't you don't want to mess with him. He's somebody who is actually getting um, you know, he's I think his off season coach is actually Troy Palomalu. Um, you know the 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 former Steelers great. Um, you know, so uh, the the both model or you know Hufanga certainly models his game off off. Uh, Palomaro as well, so um, it's certainly not somebody you want to mess with. So, 
Yeah, that's true. Um, so, I mean, like, yeah, it, it'll be quite interesting to see where he plays um, and, you know, what it is they're going to do with him round there. Because he, he does do a little bit of everything. But bear in mind, their linebackers, as we just talked about with, like, you know, the likes of Fred Warner, they are just as good at, um, at covering the pass as well, you know, because they are... Um, a little bit, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a safety, Fred Warner, you know, like an oversized hybrid type safety. He can yeah. play against the pass. So, it's, it's, I mean, I mean he, he he got he got one of the picks against Dak last uh, during the playoffs as right. well. Yeah. I think in both playoff games as well. So, mm. um, you know, it, it certainly shows that you know he, he's as good in run support as he is in pass defense. So. Um, you need you need. I wouldn't say you need to stay away from him, but you need to you need to be smart when you're throwing throwing against him. So, yeah, just a quick one. That's the one, DJ Dog. Yeah, from from the Trojans. He's he he's got a little bit of Troy Palomalu about him. Is what I would say. A little bit, not completely, but he is going to defend in the run. But I think this is a type of game when you go back and you look at it. And we'll get onto the red zone in a second. Um, that I think this is a game where it's really won and lost on Dak's arm. It's that type of game. This is a game where it's you have to rely on him. It's going to work the other way around too. But um, I think because they're so good at defending a run, this is a game where you, you have to beat them with the pass. You can beat them throw in as well. Um, so... It's it's a finicky one, but let's get on to the big subject, the touchy subject, yeah, the red zone. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is getting absolutely beaten to death at the moment. So, what makes this awkward is, and I I know I get the argument ifs and buts and all that. If Tony Pollard doesn't think about it outside and hits the B-gap that's wide open. If you go back and watch it in slow motion, that B-gap that's on the right, because that's where he's supposed to go. That's where the play's going. And you look at body the, the body shape uh, of Dak, is he's slightly hitched to his left. So Pollard can take the hand off here and go straight. And the, the hole is gaping. Yeah. Like you, you stop and you look at it. It's a massive hole for him to get into. But for whatever reason, Tony Pollard is, and you look at his bar, is leaning to the right. So he's wanting to take the hand off and bounce it to the outside. But what happens is they slightly collide a little bit, and Pollard loops around mm. the back of Dak and tries to. Obviously, it's a miscommunication, right? If they, if Pollard was on the right page there, that's a touchdown. Also, Dak throws a perfectly placed ball, right? People talk about ball placement with Dak and have pointed to the pass and saying, oh, look, it's high and to the right. That's where it needs to be. Because <laughs> yeah. if it's anywhere else, the ball is getting knocked down. I, I will agree with you about Dak's ball placement, but that particular play is no. That's right, that's right on the money. The issue is Schoolmaker, you know, okay, he's still got a long way to go. There's a lot of um, stuff you've got to learn in your first year for the tight end position, certainly. He definitely needs to work on his catching. But he catches that. That's a touchdown. 
Yeah. And then we've got the CD Lamb that was a touchdown, where if the refs spot the ball six inches upfield, that's another red zone touchdown. So we're talking here about issues of oh the, we're one and five in the red zone last week. Well, theoretically, we could have been like you know, and you yeah. think how the game changes because you score in in those positions. You get into scoring position, you score. And I know it's ifs and buts. I get that. I get. That. I'm just saying that there's just these little things that have just accounted to a few little things that have amounted to this pattern that's evolved. But I think it's one that will throughout the season level itself back out again. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, you can you, you could be scoring every time you get into the red zone and then you go in and have the next three games, you're completely wiped out or whatever. So yeah. um, I'd much rather be winning these games at the moment and and at least getting the practice in or whatever. And yeah. you can see every everything so far has just been little technique or execution that hasn't worked. It's not been a problem with the scheme necessarily. Yeah, exactly. It's you know, there's there's a holding call here, there's a jumping off sides or a false start or something like that. Um, you know, that's things that the <coughs> Players it's not like they're, to... they're out of options, like they've, they've yeah. run out of uh, options or ideas. Because you, you, he, here's the thing, right, Greg, and, and something I've spoken about with a couple of guys over in Cowboys media on this one, is it seems weird that the Cowboys are really efficient, right? They're one of the best teams on offense in third down efficiency. They are really good at driving it down the field, and they can do this, a lot of slant work. You know, you see a lot of this West Coast sort of work coming in, crossovers and slants and hitches and quick passing. And when you stop and you look at it, you think, well, that's how you play in the red zone. So why can't you just take what you're doing efficiently in field and put that into the red zone? And I think it's just a case of utilization, that the coaches are just scheming things up in a certain fashion for a certain type of style of game with how the game script is going. They kind of got to change the schedule a little bit. And that has evolved how things look on the red zone. But tell me what you think about what the issues, problems are, and how they can be resolved, Mr. Graham. Um, when, when the Cowboys fall out of the top five in scoring teams, I'll think about it. Hmm? Um, they've like blown it. out three teams... Mm-hmm. And they are fourth in points scored with 124. The Dolphins are first in points scored, but they scored over half of those points in one game. Yeah. So if the Cowboys ever fall out of the top five in scoring teams, I'll look at it a bit more. Um, I, 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 I mean, there are very few teams that you can pick holes in that are three and one. Um every team has their has has their faults. Of course. Um I am I'm not the least bit concerned is a bit strong to say because obviously there is you know it, the stats are there to show that it's maybe mm. not scoring it's maybe not that good inside the red zone but they're <laughs> 
they're plus eighty three in points differential. Uh, that's good enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it like think how many think how many points the Jets score on defense, or the eighty five Bears score on defense. Nobody ever thought well their de- their offense isn't very good, so they can't be a great team. Um, I don't really care how they score points, um, yeah. so long as we keep blowing out teams. Um, I I don't really care. <laughs> um, if obviously it's going to be a, an area of concern on Sunday, but yeah, they are they are fourth in points scored. Um, let's not push the panic button just yet. Um, yeah. A, a, a touchdown on defense is still six points. You know, it's not like you score more if you get a red zone touchdown. It's exactly the same. Yeah. Um, fair enough. The, the field gets a little bit shorter in the red zone, and um, they're not doing particularly well there. But <laughs> 124 points over four games will do me just fine. Yeah, it doesn't matter where you get them from. And, like, you know, because they, they're playing a lot of possession ball, so that's going to squiff your stats up as well, you know? Like, they, they, you look at the time of possession on these games. <laughs> they, they, they're, like, wild. But some interesting news for you both and everyone watching at home. Um, another player who was full go um, today in practice, Rico Dowdle. Oh, good. That's a big one. Yeah, that's a big one. I mean, that's that's one of the, the things you could point to in the red zone. Um, I can't yeah. remember which one of us said it. We don't have we don't have the battering ram that we've had for the past what seven seasons. He's playing somewhere else now. Um, obviously, you've talked about it on Tuesday night. I didn't think he looked particularly good. I thought he looked out of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, He's unfortunately a declining player, and the Cowboys have moved on from him at the right time. Still love him, love him to death. I would love to see him in the Cowboys ring of uh, in the Cowboys ring one day. Um, but we don't have the guy that can lower the pads and get ah. the dirty yardage. I mean, you could you could say that about Rico Dowdle. If that mm-hmm. carries on, I would I would love to see it, and I'll. I, I don't want to crown him that just yet. I want it's a very in my eyes it's a very very small sample size. But if he is a full go in practice, that can only be a good thing. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, put it this way: I mean, you say we haven't got the baton ram. What if the guy who scored the touchdown is? What if Lipke has now become the guy that? Is going to be that guy. I mean, he's like two hundred and forty pounds, six foot two. I mean, he's a lumper. He's not a fast mover, but you, you, what we're talking about here are goal line plunges. You know, those where, where, when you're when you're down in that five yard line, because that's where where it's gone wrong. Where the Tony Pollard issue went wrong. Where the Luke Schoolmaker drop pass. It was all ten yards or less in the red zone, and that was the problem. So I think, I think, yes, I agree with you with Dowdle that he's got that Marion Barber type thing about him, yep. you know, just like that bowling ball. But I think the big yeah. thing is the Lipke involvement. Yeah, I, 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 sorry, sorry, 
No, no, no. Well, th- you know the the first carry that he had a um, couple of weeks ago, he, uh, he he suddenly appeared from nowhere in the middle of the offensive line, mm. broke through that and got nine nine or I think it was nine yards he got on that. Um, you know, and you know that ended up he was carrying defenders on that one. The the touchdown there, yeah, it was it was well designed. The, the cutback seal off blocks as well with the wide receivers, yeah, um, and you know it spr- sprang him open down the middle. But you know there was definitely there was no stopping Lupke there. If somebody had gone in low, Lupke would have hammered them. Um, yeah. So I think Lupke's becoming your option there, um, and it's just a case of you know obviously. You don't want to put particularly an undrafted free agent rookie in and and just say on you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've got to get that sense of um, comfort with him. And I think what, we're what seeing that his... now. So going yeah. forward that's that that will be used. Yeah. What like what's he capable of? Where's it where's the limitations to it? But I agree. Yeah. But so we know Hunter Lipke scored his first NFL touchdown. <laughs> That's Big. right, yes. He so wasn't letting go of that ball, was he? <laughs> yeah, no, God, no. Yeah, yeah, that's gone home. But going back to the point that I was I was making, you know, you take away Blake Jarwin, you take away Dalton Schultz, you take away mm-hmm. Zeke Elliott, and you replace them with rookies or relative rookies, it's going to take a bit of adjustment. You know, they don't have, they maybe don't have the, the perfect scene player that Dak is used to and, and from Jarwin or from Schultz. Um, obviously, the tight ends are different, so that's going to take a bit of adjustment. Obviously, you'd yeah. like them to make that catch, but yeah. it's got, you can't keep everybody forever. They're gonna, there is going to have to be a bit of adjustment. And if it takes a little, one or two weeks for Dowdle to step into the, the big-bodied banger type that Zeke used to be, then that's that's just something you're, you're going to have to live with. But it's not like they're not scoring points. And I feel like while they're scoring points, we can work on the deficiencies. It is a good point. Ferguson was good last week. And, yeah. and, and you know, what, what we saw with Ferguson there was the load put on to him. And he, he did well. You know, he took over 70 yards receiving because we all know the Bill Belichick style of defense is take away your best offensive weapon. And what they did last week was take CD lamb away. And you see that only six receptions still scored the touchdown and still did great work because it's CD lamb, but there was a lot of effort in slowing that out. But in, in order and in order by basically doing that, it opened up Ferguson and uh, off he that one, that one handed catch from lamb. If that, if, <laughs> If Lamb is wearing Beckham in the back of his shirt, you see that catch for the next two months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know, yeah. Yeah, but um, in some other news, which uh, we'll get on to the defensive side in a second, good news is, as I say, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Chumura Doga, all full participants, uh, which means then the starting five of the offensive line are literally at this stage. Not don't want to jinx it. I'm touching wood. I'm touching bubble wrap. That... Um, <laughs> that uh, it's looking like they're going to start. So there we have it. So big important key, I think, is going to be Dak's arm in this game. His eye and his arm, offensive line are going to be the most important factor uh, of how this this offense operates. Big one though, limit the penalties. 
penalties in this game on the offense, especially the pre-snap penalties, are going to kill them. So if we can keep the penalties down low, it will be important. They saw that. They saw that last last Sunday. Um, I can't remember the reporter, but she made the point. Um, very few penalties, um, yeah. cutting back on on turnovers. Um, yeah. th- these are the fine margins that that separate four and zero and three and one teams. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we all remember, we all remember January last year, and uh, I think for a lot of us, it still stings. Um, reducing penalties and reducing turnovers is a huge step in reducing the deficit, and hopefully, we can overcome. Yeah, um, and forget all about January. And you only need to look this year. The the one game that we actually had, the, the flag was getting thrown a hell of a lot, was the Cardinals game where we had some uh, 13 penalties overall. And, you know, even, even the Cardinals had nine or ten calls against them as well. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you need to have a look at, obviously, you need to have a look at the officiating crew, see what, what they're like. I mean, you saw this weekend as well. Some of the officiating was pretty suspect, particularly in that Jets Kansas City game. Yeah. Um, you know how how the hell you call pass interference and Sauce Gardner or the hold you don't call the holding call on the yeah. on uh, Jermaine Johnson or whatever it was. <laughs> um, you know, and then you know the the Commanders were one one play away or one inch away. Um, from you know winning that game as well, that you know yeah. McLaurin, if his if his foot had either come down, if it had been ruled a catch and then a uh, you know gone for review, then you know it probably would there wouldn't be enough to say yes it was out or whatever. And I think you know obviously the um, the Eagles' defensive back having his foot his hand on the ground for McLaurin to actually stand on that instead of the floor as well was. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but he's an interesting one because I I I written about Juice Vaughan earlier in the week, right? And this is what I put. And the questions come in from Tim Warner about trying Deuce from the slot, trying to give him some more space. So the thing I've put is that, and at the moment, believe it or not, fans are starting to cool off on Deuce. And it, it juice, juice, but isn't that's the Welsh accent coming out? <laughs> so, sorry to the American listeners, it is a weird accent. I'm sorry, right? So, anyway, they're saying about what you know, giving juice some more space to play. The problem that's happening with him is, I think that they are too eager, I think, the coaches in trying to play him that they're playing him in the wrong part of the game so you go back and you watch the series he was involved in the series ended in a in a three and out that ended in a punt right so it the 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 plays he was involved in he catches and, and i don't know why they did this so gonzalez is off the field at this stage because he's injured and uh at that moment they've got backup cornerbacks on an already reduced cornerback um you know the 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 depth for the patriots cornerbacks is really bad i don't know why at that stage you'll throw in a screen pass to juice vaughn in the backfield that goes for as goes for no game goes for zero yards 
two plays later, the Patriots pull a stunt and come in, and Deuce Vaughn is in the backfield left with the sole responsibility to try and block that sack attempt, which ended yeah. up being a sack. So we, what happened is they put Juice in this position where they want to play him in this series, and it makes no sense. The, 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 not just the play calls while he's in, at the point of which is where he's playing. There was no reason for him at that stage to be in. And it makes the whole thing with Juice Vaughn kind of like people then go like, hmm, maybe we win. Right. No, he is still a good running back. It's just that they're not using him in, in the right way. Where you want to yeah. use him is on those intermediate distances on third down, because now defenses have no clue what your plan is. Yeah. You yeah. do that. Juice Vaughn is now used at his best time. And they've done it the last couple of weeks. If you've noticed that, Tony Pollard comes off the field like before the second half, and they've got Vaughn playing an entire series. And you're just like, he's not up to the task. Mm. What you're going to do is you're going to end up with two things that are going to happen. Juice Vaughn is either going to get injured, which is bad. We don't want that. Yeah. We don't want anyone to get injured. Or worse, Dak's going to get injured because of it. I, I think the, I think the other thing as well with when they've been playing Juice as well. You know, invariably we've be, we've we've had a cushion. We you know we take Zach Martin out because Zach Martin's a little bit gimpy or whatever. You bring in a backup offensive lineman there. You take out you take out um, Terrence Steele. You put a backup in there. You got two, yeah. three, four. You know, second string offensive linemen. Um, you know, and then you're asking you're asking them to basically, you know. If he was going with the starting five or whatever, and he, you know, they're getting him in space or whatever, then it should be a hell of a lot easier there um, for him to run through, maybe even pass protect as well. Because all he needs to do is put himself in the way and let him get run over. We 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 talk about being a human yeah. speed bump, and that's all. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. All, as a defensive, as a as a you know blitz protector, that's all you're really doing is. <laughs> It's just been a human speed bump in some respects. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it's buys you another I, second or so. I agree with you. You know, I, I'm there. I, I think playing him from the slot, okay, maybe not exclusively or lining him up at the slot. But if you're say like third and four, and you want to try and play mind games with the defense, and you've got Juice Vaughn in the backfield, Juice Vaughn in the backfield. You can really uh, discombobulate the defense with trying to figure out what you're going to do. And you put him in emotion and you move him to the slot. And it might be that he's not playing from, you're not going to pass to him at all. But what it will do in terms of the, the changes of lateral defense that change when you make that motion with the type of player he is completely puts the whole defense in a different state. And now you can start playing a little up-tempo from it, depending, you know, I'm just saying, you know, being a bit generic there. But you can get, kind of go up-tempo from that point and really put pressure on that defense going forward on that drive. And it'll yeah. it'll result in you going down the field. But let's get on to the defense I, then, guys. I, oh, go on, go on. Just just on Deuce Vaughn playing out wide, like it's not like the wide receivers are dropping balls. No, true, true. You know, like I, I'd imagine that Vaughn's pass radius can't be very big. No, no, it won't be. <laughs> you know, it, like 
if 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 our if our wide receivers had frying pans for hands, I would think, yeah, let's try something different. But it's, yeah, yeah, try that. It's, yeah, it's the West Texas offense that's got to be brought into you, you know consideration. Like just going through the stats, like players that could potentially play in the slot, right? Brandon Cooks, hundred percent of targets. Four targets, four receptions, twenty-seven yards. You know, like uh, moving on. Jalen uh, Tolbert, four targets, four receptions, fifty-three yards. Um, Michael Gallup, five targets, uh, six targets, five receptions, sixty yards. They're getting the ball out early. Yep. So uh, I don't know. I mean, putting Deuce Vaughn out there is it going to make that much difference? Um, I, he's not. He's not the big body. Um, I just think don't put round pegs in square holes. Just let them be the running. It's a long, hard season. We've still got thirteen games to go. Um, if we can spread the workload and keep Vaughn in the backfield, I'm okay with that. Like, let yeah, you guys yeah. explain. Put him in a third and medium. Don't like we've we've got we've got capable wide receivers. They're not scoring in the red zone. Fair enough, but the balls aren't hitting the ground either. Yeah. We do have capable wide receivers. I agree. So yeah. here we go then. Let's move to the defense, guys. Um, we'll start with a hot topic. Deron Bland. I mean, <laughs> here we go. Seven interceptions in his last 10 games now. Uh, he's on two touchdowns for this season already. He's, he's got more touchdown catches than uh, any any wide receiver on the Cowboys' offense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is true. I um, don't care how they're scored, so long as they're scored, I really don't yeah. care. So, I mean, like, obviously, against the Cardinals, and I know the Cardinals is a bad place to start because it was just bad all around. But Deron Bland did look like he was struggling as an outside corner. Yep. Everything that we've seen against the Patriots disputes everything we saw at the Cardinals. I think we're safe there. Um, J. Ron Curse, got to give it up to him. He did really well defending the tight ends, and he's going to have it hard this week covering George Kill. So that's a really important battle to watch. But here's some other th- interesting notes from today's um, practice report. Damon Clark has been limited, and that's the second day he's been limited. Malik Hooker has been limited, and the big one, uh, Micah Parsons, is still limited with his knee. But, but, Parsons comes with a but. Mike, uh, Mike McCarthy has come out and said, no, he's going to play. He, he's fine. He's just taking it easy. Yeah, we don't want to rush him. We don't want to put any undue stress that's not needed <clears throat> on a guy who's going out. And the big thing, I think, for me with Parsons is, I know they took him out of the section of the game in the middle, but he went out and played like lights out towards the end of the game. So yeah. that's a big foul yeah. for me. I think <laughs> the I only way my the only way Micah Parsons is not playing it is if somebody goes and takes him to Alcatraz Island on, yeah. on the Saturday before the game. Yeah. yeah. And, and locks him in one of the cells there. And even even then I'd probably give you good odds that he'd you know he'd swim it. Yeah. Um, or he'd just turn up with Alcatraz under his arm. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't have any concerns about Parsons because I think I've said in the, the private chat on Sunday nights, um, like towards the end of the third quarter, 
we were we were miles ahead of the Patriots. There was no yeah. chance of them coming back into the game, and he still played. If there was even the slightest concern, someone is taking his helmet off of him and telling telling him to go for an ice bath. I don't think they have any concerns about Parsons whatsoever. His yeah. his ability to get on the field is one of his biggest assets just now because he doesn't. If 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 he's off the field, it's for a really really good reason. You know, yeah. even if he's even if he's feeling something or carrying something, he still wants to be out there. And I think towards the end of the third quarter, I was ready for pulling the starters out, and he's yeah, still yeah. in there. And like you're saying, he, he turned in his best stuff. So, mm. yep, he had ten pressures in the game, yeah. which is the most in a single game this season. Yeah, it's just wild. But I, I think the big one is that obviously they've got Trent Williams. I think though, looking at the offensive line, you can get pressure on these guys on the inside. The inside offensive linemen, they're not giving it up massively, but they're giving up the most. So that's the, you know, when you see a trend, attack it. Um, so that's, I think, where it's going to be. So guys like Dante Fowler are going to be, re- you know, because that guy will just rush the inside from out of nowhere. Um, important. But I think the big one, the big question when you say, how do we stop this offense? It is stop Christian McCaffrey. This is a big game for Jonathan Hankins and Mazzy Smith, who, by the way, had a really good game last week. Um, I know it doesn't st- show up on the stat sheets, and when you look at it, you're like, he didn't do anything. No, he really did. What? What? Unfortunately, the position is it's what they're doing, not on the stat sheet that's important. Um, and Mazzy was really good last week. It, it looked much better. He's looking a lot more cleaner with how he's doing things. I think the in those two inside guys watching Christian McCaffrey run, it's through both A gaps and the B gap on the right. So that's I am for the majority of the game putting in Massey Smith and Jonathan Hankins yeah. and rotating my defensive ends, sometimes going with a bull package and maybe keeping the two nose tackles and putting Dig Oso Diggy Zua in. Um but uh, you know, really you're just saying Let's leave Tank, leave Micah Parsons. They're going to be our guys to go rush the passer. The rest of you, lock up the run. I mean, tell me what you think, guys. How are we stopping the number one running back in the league at the moment? And he looks at no sign of slowing down. He's a stud. He's a stud. And he won a watch the day that the 49ers traded for him because a career in Carolina for Christian McCaffrey would be an absolute waste. Yeah. The, the, yep. the Panthers the Panthers are competing for the first round pick, eh, for the first overall pick. Um again, I have to add. Um I, I understand the, the the thoughts on McCaffrey and you're totally right, but I wouldn't look past Debo Samuel either. Yeah, yeah. Um he 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 gets on the ball as well. That's we said at the top of the show this the they're very, very similar um, mm. in terms of offense. Um, with McCaffrey, you're absolutely right. Um, it's going to be a huge game for 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 Mazzy. Hopefully, he turns up. Um, it's just, I mean, you're just going to have to limit McCaffrey. You're never mm. going to take McCaffrey. You're never going to stop him. Yeah. You're, you, but just if you can, I don't know. Seventy yards. 
yeah, if you can get an early score, if you can get ahead, if you can make Brock Purdy throw the ball a little bit more than he's used to. Um, I mean, I bring in, I brought up Debo Samuel because Brock Purdy gets the ball out quick as well. Yeah, he he's, he's not he's not a big arm. He he, mm-hmm. he gets rid of the ball, gets into <laughs> the hands of his playmakers, and yeah. they play from there. Very very yeah. similar to our own um, style of offense. I've had. Um, yeah, if you can if you can rattle Brock uh, Brock Purdy and make <laughs> him throw more than he's comfortable, take the ball away from Caffrey in the backfield. That's how you that's how you try and win this game. Yeah, I yeah, had a 49ers fan trying to tell me Brock Purdy was a gunslinger. And I'm still no. waiting, I'm still waiting for a video. I said, just send me a clip of a game where he's a, a, a gunslinger. And by the way, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for that video. I'm not I'm not going to fall into the, the category of calling him a, a, a game manager. I think very few 4-0 teams have game managers at quarterback. He's Mr. Irrelevant. Um I think he's more of a product of the offense. Yeah, I think that he definitely is. There's a lot of playmakers there, and they 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 can shift things around. So, like, say, like you know, you're talking to Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel at the moment is dealing with a, a rib injury, which is why if you look at his stats at the moment, they look a bit kind of down because they just they don't want to injure him because of how how much they utilize. That is his biggest weakness. Debo Samuel's biggest weakness is how the 49ers use him. They use him so much in so many different ways. His risk of injury and his durability just, like, falls to the floor. So the, the, the thing with the offense is you look. So, like, you've got Christian McCaffrey, and you just go, right, let's just pound it. The guy will do it. Well, okay, let's get him involved on some passes as well. He's fourth on the 49ers in receptions, right? So then you go, okay, this game, we don't want to do that. Let's get George Kittle involved. And then you can throw into him. You can't do that? Oh, don't worry. Brandon Ayuk could go off for 150 yards in this game. And that that's what it is, is that he, I think with Purdy, he's he is, I, I've called him this, is that there's two different types of quarterbacks. There's trailers and trucks, and he's the ultimate trailer. Yes, and it's nothing bad. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that in a slight way, in a negative way. There's plenty of trailers in the NFL right now, and all you need to be is you need to be a trailer that is not breaking the truck down. You know, basically in terms of golf, you're just asking Purdy to get it. Just hit it on the green. Just like, look, just get me on the green. Uh, The 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 rest will make sure it goes in the hole. Just just mark it on the green. Just get us on there. That's all you need to do. The, the the two stats for Purdy for this season for me certainly are no interceptions. So mm-hmm. he he's gone a long way to not losing them the game, and he's one of the ten quarterbacks in the league that have gone over a thousand yards so far. Um, but like you're saying, a lot of that is getting the ball early into his playmakers' mm-hmm. hands, McCaffrey, Samuel. For instance, the short stuff. Get the ball out and let your guys do the work. Um, yeah. Just, just interestingly, can anybody, including yourselves, name me the other quarterback who's gone over a thousand yards but has yet to throw an interception? Oh no! Hold on, I get this. I get this. So, the Jimmy passed, Garoppolo passed for over a thousand yards, but they've yet to turn the ball. Uh, they've yet to throw an interception. Garoppolo, no, Baker Mayfield. 
it will surprise you. Mahomes. No, Mahomes. Mahomes has had two picks. So, he? yeah, he had two picks in the in the Jets game. Almost yeah. three. Almost yeah, three. You're right. You're right. Um, I'm trying to think who's got who has. It really no. surprise you. I couldn't oh, believe God. it. I'm trying to think who hasn't thrown a, an interception. Andy Dalton. Over a thousand <laughs> yards, mind. Uh, you, I'm just I'm just naming quarterbacks that haven't thrown an interception. Right, go on, go would, on. would you believe it's CJ Stroud? Ah, uh, yeah, of course he has. Oh, yeah. he's, uh, he's thrown six touchdowns, hundred uh, twelve hundred yards, and no interceptions. Now on the yeah. Texans, I think that's quite good. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's evolving that. He's evolving that team. There you go, Texans. That's that's 49ers coaching staff. You know, of course. the, the yeah, system yeah, yeah. the system's gone across there. It yeah. shows it works. What what I would say is what you're seeing from Purdy this year is he is developing a, a, a relationship with Brandon Ayuk, you know, Debo Samuel, all of these guys. Where last year, you know, obviously didn't start until about five games before the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. Um but you know, what you're saying as well, I mean, obviously there's something in the press this week where Caleb Williams has said he's not, you know, he'll go back to school for another year. And obviously, you know, he's got the NIL and I was having a discussion with somebody that, you know, is it really worth him staying back in college this year? Um, <laughs> you know, and potentially it is because guys like Brock Purdy who have had over 1,500 snaps in college are coming into the NFL. Yes, they're a year older. They're a year further away from getting another um, a second contract or whatever. But yeah. they're hitting the ground running when they actually do get on the field. Yeah, and they're hitting the ground running. They're showing their ability rather than these guys that go first first ten picks or whatever, and they've only played thirteen games in college or something like that. You know, like yeah. Trey Lance or whatever. You know, the the guys that are playing the thousand snaps in college are actually having the better careers in the pros. And, you know, it, it pays for guys to, to stay. So, you know, by, by all means, you know, be that bus driver to begin with or whatever. But, you know, I, I think as Isaiah Stanback says as well, a bus driver has to be able to go on the motorway as well. And, you know, so, you know, it, it's all very well to know he doesn't do more than five mile an hour. But, you know, at some point he has to go on the motorway. He has to take these guys somewhere um, and you can put it all on him. Um, but, yeah, the, you know, he's getting a thousand yards. But in actual fact, he's probably only thrown for 150 yards. And it's the wide receivers that are doing the doing the work. It's get the ball out quickly. And and this is essentially what we're trying to do with the Texas Coast offense as well, is get the ball to the guys on the run rather than where Kellen Moore had you doing curls, um, <laughs> curls hook routes or whatever. You know, this is trying to get you on the run and get the ball moving and get the yak yards. So, yeah. But an interesting point you made there, uh, Lauren, that they jumped up to get Trey Lance. They jumped yep. up to three, and they were basically, really call three, and we'll accept who falls to number three, because they thought that Lance was going to be the final piece of the puzzle. They had their defense. They had their playmakers. They yeah. were 
just they just needed quarterback. Did they in their wildest dreams think it was actually going to be Brock Purdy? <laughs> you know, so they, 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 they jump up to three to get their guy and it ends up being Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah. It you just know, goes to show what you say, Mike, it's the product it's the offense that put yeah. Everything, the whole thing, and you know it's a really good offensive line as well. Trent Williams, one of the best tackles in the NFL, and he is a he is a product of the offense. You know, it's weird to say because everyone's always like, "Oh, quarterback's the most important position," but ironically, because the way they've put the the offensive pieces around, they've got this offensive line as well and most importantly they've got a very respectable defense that can keep scores low what that does is it makes them a non-quarterback relevant team and i know that sounds a weird statement to make but we've seen it before georgia won and i know that's college but they won a matty with stetson bennett the reason they did is because they had all the other people. They weren't a quarterback relevant, reliant. Sorry, not relevant. Yeah. So a quarterback reliant team, and they're just they're not. They 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 don't need it. And they always say, you know, I can remember one thing before is saying like, what's the you know what what what's the best trait you look for in a backup quarterback? And the best statement I've ever heard is, just build a build a really good defense. Yeah. And it's true. And that's what's happened with the 49ers is they've just built such a good defense. That is their backup quarterback position. That's what they've done. And that's where they're at with it. But there we go. Should we do this then? Yep. A big question. <laughs> da, da, da. All right. Some score predictions. I've got my, which I've got to send in. I'm right now. I just haven't sent it in yet. But what's your score predictions? Everyone at home as well. And if you're listening on the audio only, shout it out. We might hear, I don't know. But give it a go. <laughs> but what are your score predictions, guys, for this weekend? I've got the Cowboys winning. All right? Standard. Got the Cowboys winning 20 points to 19. I th- Yeah, I mean, I think it is going to be, whether it is a, you know, whether it is an absolute blowout uh, yeah. or you know uh, air raid offense or whatever, I think it is going yeah. to be a one-score game. Um, I think I think it's going to be a bit bit bigger. I think it's going to be 30, 31, 33, 31-33 Cowboys. To be honest, oh, check this one out. Joe is going all in. He's going for a Cowboys 40 <laughs> burger. I like it. I do. I like confidence. I like confidence. You know me. Um, we've got some 27 toys. So another close game. We've got a very low scoring game from Mark Anthony. 17 10. Uh, that's an interesting one. Paul's even chipped in. Look. Go on. Yeah, you've got another close score game. So See, everyone's Paul, feeling Paul it's going to be a good into one. fantasy lounge as well. You know, make, make sure he gets his points in. So. <laughs> there you go. See. He's trying to keep that going. <laughs> but go on, Gray, hit me with it. Yeah, I'm going to go... I think Lauren's right. It's either going to be one or the other. I don't think I don't think it's going to be a huge difference. It'll be, it'll, I think this could be a seven-point game. Now, whether that's at the top end of the 
the scale or the bottom end of yeah, the scale yeah. remains to be yeah. seen. I'm going to go lower end of the scale. I'm going to say Ooh. Oh, Ooh. the best I can Ooh. offer is 17, 14 Cowboys. I like it. Um, yeah. A defensive masterclass. Yeah. 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 It, um, That's how I feel. Like I think I personally, my I give him my score, twenty points to nineteen, but I don't know which way is going to happen. One of those scores is a defensive score, and that is what. So like we're all kind of like ooh the offense, but it's because they're such a good defense. But the Cowboys' defense does it like a fumble recovery, something odd like a tip pass that falls into another Cowboys player, like Demarcus Lawrence's hands, and he just runs it in. This is like the NFC version of Ravens Steelers. Oof, that's a close game, that one. Yep. You know, two two heavily built defenses run the de- run offense. Uh, this is a the lot best of pressure that the NFC has to offer. I think. Mm. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I would love them to banish the memories of January because I think yep. I think January. Was still a huge stings. shock and it yeah. still stings. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I'd love them to win on Sunday. Really would. I mean, more. <laughs> than, I mean, it, it. It sounds a little bit arrogant, and I, I, as Cowboys fans, we're we're constantly labelled as that. But this game goes a long way to home field advantage. It does. It really does, and it, it, I know it's daft saying that in week five, but. It's going to be so tight between ourselves and the Eagles and the 49ers. Although there's a big following in California, it's it's not that end of California. You know, the Bay Area isn't... It has a Cowboys one, but not as big as people say. It's more the LA area where they're bigger, the Cowboys Mm. following. But are you ready to do some fantasy lounge work? Let's do that. Let's go for it. Let's round things off. First of all, the scores on the doors. Let's find out where everybody's at. Eagles are fake from Pop. <laughs> there we go. So at the moment, oh. Paul on four tries at 50%. Jamie's on 48 with three attempts. Lorne, you went down again. You had a stinker. Brian is still sticking there. And Graham, your first post in, and you got six. 60% right. Not bad. Uh, six out of how many? Ten. Okay. So it's quarterback, running back, wide receiver, defense, but obviously both ways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On most exams, 60% is a pass. It's a C grade. Paul straight in with the press got higher. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Here we go. So I need to put Paul in here. Yeah. We've got that. All right. Dak Prescott, 18.3 fantasy points. Make sure to play at home, guys. Uh, only going to do higher or lower than the predicted fantasy points by NFL.com. Hit me with it, Lorne. Higher. I've said said this is going to be a barnstorming game, so I've got to go higher. Mr. Graham. Yeah, I've got to stay true to my prediction. I'm going to go lower, unfortunately. It's not a bad game. It's just not a big fantasy game. Don't turn the ball over. Four, please don't turn the ball over. (laughs) <laughs> All right. So, what are you going with? Sorry, lower, lower. All righty, like it. All right then. 
Tony Pollard, 15.7 fantasy points. Now, I wonder if this is going to be that they're aiming towards, because it's PPR, Pollard taking a couple of catches that go for a big run. Bearing in mind, Tony Pollard has broken off in the past against the 49ers big chunk plays when he's had the chance. Yeah, I mean... Pollard had a a good game last, you know, in the in the divisional round last year yeah. as well. Until it's unfortunate, until yeah. he went out, and obviously that took away our big part of our offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go lower. I'm going to go lower because he hasn't scored a touchdown since week one, mm-hmm. and he's only broken a hundred yards once. Not that he's a bad player, he is part of his system, but in terms of individual fantasy, I'm going to go lower. I'm going to go lower as well. I think it, I think it is going to be close, but I think it's it's not going to be it's not going to be to the point where I'd say push. Yeah, yeah. All right, then. No worries. We got that one in. Uh, so, CD Lamb, fourteen point eight fantasy points. Now. I can't remember his name exactly. It will come to me once the show's ended. I would play CD Lamb exclusively this week from the slot because he's up against a cornerback who's fairly young but has some experience in the NFL. Isaiah something or other. I forget his last name. Uh, Oliver. Yes. So he is giving up nearly 80% uh, complete from the slot. And he will play there. I'm taking Lamb in there all day. But hit me with it. Paul is saying higher on this one. They are ranked the 49ers 16th, as I say, in passing yards. And they don't get very many interceptions either. So that's a little another little nudge for Dak to take his chances. I'm I'm gonna go higher on that one as well. <laughs> I think I think there's gonna be another touchdown there. Um, I think, you know, obviously I'm saying Dak's going higher as well. So I think this is where the passing game kicks in as well. And I think yeah, you're going to yeah. see, you're going to see more of Brandon Cooks as well. But I think, uh, you know, CD Lamb's going to get a couple of touchdowns uh, or a touchdown at least in about 70 yards. And obviously the catch is involved with that as well. Mr. Graham. The big Lebarski, how you playing me like that? I love Tony Pollard. <laughs> he knows how to push your buttons. He does. He does. I'm going to go higher because I like everything I Mike just said. And I think playing Tony Lamb, Tony Lamb. That works. <laughs> that works. That works. See, I think playing CD Lamb in the slot is one of the perfect ways to break the, the red zone duck. Um, no. You know, Quick turns and 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 routes, so um, he's just right. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Let's go higher. Yeah. Somebody's got to score. All right, Jake Ferguson, seven point five fantasy points. Bearing in mind the 49ers are averaging thirty yards per game to the tight end position, very stingy. See, these are the ones that I hate, and I say it every single week, and I'm going to keep saying it every single week because that's one touchdown pass. I agree. How can yep. you how can you calculate that? 
I'm going to go higher. Well, last last week he had seven catches. That's seven points there. Seven points on his own. Yeah. He had 77 yeah. yards. That was another seven seven points. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm going higher on that one. I, uh, yeah. Problem with tight end is you know you don't know who's going to be it. And it's so volatile when so Dak looks at tight end in the red zone. <laughs> and like you think you you think like. You know, we're talking about the tight end position. Luke Sco- Schoonmaker makes that catch in the end, you know, in the end zone, completely changes that game. And, you know, the the, the flow of where he's going to go with the ball for the tight ends. Do you know what I mean? And Ferguson probably doesn't have as many yards or as many catches based on that, although he's yeah. still targeted a tight end. It is just completely wild. But- you know, and and Schoonmaker, Schoonmaker, unfortunately, is is experience a bit of the the uh, Jalen Tolbert issue where you know he missed a lot of the uh, OTAs he missed yeah. training camp yeah you know he's, he's trying to play catch up he's doing he's actually on the field more than Jalen Tolbert was last year but uh-huh. um you know it, it's not he's not in sync yet yes I agree I, and you know like when they're doing all the install work schoolmaker's not there because he was out, so that's a big portion of it. But Cowboys' defense is a tough one. 6.4 fantasy points, bearing in mind the 49ers' offense is scoring points. I think it's scoring 30 points per game, I believe. Yep. Hold on. I can double-check that. Yeah, I think it's something like that. Um, Very high up, anyway. It's a solid offense. On the basis that I've said that the 49ers get over 30 points, and that's normally a negative, that's a negative score line, if I remember rightly. I'm going to say that it's a push on that one. Okay. Mm. They start off with 10, don't they? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, like you think there's some sacks. And and Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy. If you get pressure in his face, he crumbles. The one big negative on Purdy is he cannot handle pressure. He's yet to throw a pick, though. That's what I'm thinking. I'm going to go lower. Okay. Fair enough. We'll go with that. Lower it is. So, you think they're just going to like outscore, but the Cowboys are going to get turnovers, but it's still not enough. Because the defense score does come down as well with yards, so as they meet thresholds of yards, it's going to yeah. come down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I think I, they're running. They're running. They're rushing for like a hundred and fifty yards a game. I think even more, maybe like one hundred and sixty, which is just crazy. I think if, I saw in the NFL fantasy app that the Cowboys are ranked second against the pass. Yes, is that right? Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're really stingy. Oh, I, I think it's like they're averaging something like a hundred and like a hundred and twenty-one yards of passing a game. Oh, but they've see that's the thing. It always comes back to CMC. That's they the have trouble. got CMC, yeah. <laughs> and it's very very difficult to go against them. This is this is the reason why I've gone with a push. There is that you know I think. In terms of yards given up and the the points given up, I think we're probably going to be looking at you know being being down on the score. 
But then I think we will get sacks, we will get interceptions, so that will bring us back up to to that six points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, say if they get a defensive touchdown, so they get yeah. a pick six, there's six points. So put you back up again. That's what, that's what I was thinking. But, mm. right then, let's move on to the 49ers side. All right, Brock Purdy, 16.1 fantasy points. Let's rock and roll here, guys. I think we get the I think we get the pressure on him and but even even so I think it's 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 going to be higher. Higher, Mister G. Higher, higher for the Mister Graham and Paul is going to push. So he thinks it's going to be there or thereabouts, which is uh, an interesting one. All right, here we go. Here's the big one. Christian McCaffrey, guys, 19.6 fantasy points. So oh, He got 45 points in one week. In some leagues, it was 51. So, I mean... Wow. Um... But again, Raheem Mostert got that against the Broncos. So <laughs> this is the tough one. I I think I think we're going to be focused on McCaff McCaffrey. Is the the thing I'm thinking. And and as Mike says, I think it, we're probably going to see a lot of Mazzy and Hankins together to take away take away the A gap and yeah. allow pressure coming on the outside. Um I, I, I hope to God it's lower, and I'm, I'm going to go lower. You're going lower because that's what you want it to be. Not <laughs> like thinking with your heart. Yes. Well, I mean, if we're hoping for stuff, I hope he, I hope he falls out the bath tonight. And so... <laughs> he has been injured plenty of times before. Yeah. I'm I'm going to be optimistic and say lower, lower. I like it. I think, yeah. I think Micah will see us all right. Yeah. All right, Brandon Ayuk, fifteen point nine fantasy points. There's some numbers coming out on this one this week. Hundred yard game. They're saying. See, I've drafted Ayuk a few. And a few leagues for a few seasons, and he always lets me down. Mm-hmm. So I'm have you dra- have you drafted him this season? Because he yeah. is he is doing it's well this season. So when I, he I came out, when he came out of the draft, when he came out of the draft, I said he's going to be that drafts that draft class. He's going to be the secret weapon of our draft, and this year he's proving that. It took See, a while. He, he burned all his bridges with me last season, so I haven't drafted him in any. <laughs> Uh, right, Graham, quickly trade for him then. I'm going to say lower. Alrighty. What did you say? Sorry, Lauren. Uh, I'm going to push on that one. Gosh. All right, then. All right, so George Kittle. Bearing in mind, George Kittle this season has yet to score a touchdown. Um, you can and look you know why? Because I've drafted him in two of my leagues. <laughs> So he's letting a lot of people down. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's just that they're spreading the wealth. 
I think it's not that he's fallen off a cliff or anything, but just that Debo Samuel, he was in the start of the season, he's gone out. So Ayuk becomes the guy. I, when Ayuk's not being the guy, they're throwing it to Kittle. Kittle doesn't be the guy, they give it to McCaffrey. Just seems to be the way that they just spread the wealth. But Paul saying uh, Kittle is on the nose on that one. So um, he's I'm going. I'm going. I'm going higher on that one. I think. I think Purdy's going to be looking to offload that ball as quickly as possible. Okay. And I think tight ends is the. I can help you, Greg. I can help you. He will be facing J. Ron Curse, who last week allowed only 34 yards receiving. Mm. Still George Kittle, though. Is George and, Kittle is the problem. And Lauren's going to put him on the bench and he'll, he'll rumble for 35 points. Well, um, I've, I've actually got Travis Kelsey as the starting. Oh, well, there you <laughs> go. Yeah, I, higher. Higher. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Kelsey and Kittle in the same league. Yeah, Oof. it's it's an, only an eight team league on that one, but right, right, <laughs> and tight end. Yep. <laughs> right. Okay. Forty uh, Niners defense is six point four fantasy points. Uh, let's go with this one then. They are only allowing ten points per game average. But they're not getting many turnovers. I will say that. And they have only nine sacks this season, which is uh, six fewest. Yeah. I'm I'm going lower on that one. Same same reason why I've gone push with the, the Cowboys defense. I think this is, as I say, I think it's going to be a barnstormer. I think. Both offenses will move the ball, whether they're scoring or not. Yeah. Um, and and from that point of view, that's going to take the score down. Graham finishes off, baby. Now I'm, I'm fully aware that I've predicted a low scoreline. Yeah, I've got both defenses as lower. I'm not sure that adds up. But it's gonna add up somehow. <coughs> but if the yardage, if the yardage is there, yeah. then yeah, yeah, doesn't necessarily you you could have both teams screwing it up in the in in the red zone, you know? So yeah, lower. There we go. There we have it. Locked and loaded. People are in, and they are giving their scores. They're still coming in. Um, so thank you very much for that. So there we have it, guys. Uh, let's do this, and then we'll make our way out. So, uh, Lorne, you can give me... No, no, wait, wait, wait. Graham, you hit me with this one. So if you're planning to attend a game at AT&T this season, uh, what season you're going you're gonna to pick to attend the game in? Um could you see a better defence? I'm not too sure. Maybe you'll see a better defence in San Francisco. I don't know. Anyway, make sure you make a weekend of it and book through Cowboys Experience. They have games, tickets, stadium tours, meet and greets. I know Paul has, has met um, Michael Parsons. He's met Sam Williams. Um, 
you know, they, they have top talent at these things. They are certainly not the backups that you've never heard of. Um, yeah. they, they pull out all the stops and they treat you like absolute royalty. Um, make a weekend of it and make sure you book it through Cowboys Experience and have great fun at, uh, to, at the game. There we go. Beautiful. Lorne, hit me with it. Well, if you haven't heard about this before, where the hell have you been? But the UK Cowboys fans are descending for Thanksgiving this year. There's 15 of us coming from the UK. Most of us have been applying for arrestas and putting their details on the websites this week. Um, you know, and there's still plenty of time to book as well. Get in touch with Cowboys Experience. We've got Tour of the Star, Tour of the uh, AT&T Stadium. We've got Hop and Sting Brewery Tour, um, the game itself. And the meet and greets as well. well get yourself yes. onto our socials, get the details, get in contact with Cowboys Experience and come and join us. Yeah, yeah. so there we have it. That is it for this week. We will be back on Tuesday where Brian will be reviewing the game uh, with the guys doing a post-game show. Uh, talking about the big win, obviously. It's going to be. It's going to be. Um, but as always, as we say, take care over the weekend, guys. Have a great time. You will see us. Uh, we will be live on Twitter, chatting away as the game progresses and on Facebook and Instagram and everywhere else. But as we do every week, the show always ends with these guys having the last word because I had the first word. You've been our MVPs watching at home. Stay safe, folks, and you guys finish us off. Well, as Paul's not here, I'll, I'll finish with his catchphrase. Dallas forever, Philly for never. It's time to put the ghost of Christmas past to bed. Let's come home with a win. I like it. <laughs>